This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, September 29th, 2013. It was very good. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made, a day where we can rejoice and be glad, knowing that everything uh, comes from you, that you gave us breath this morning to even wake up and be here. So, God, settle us in. Help us hear your message intended for each one of us. It might look different for each one of us, but uh, we know that you have a purpose and plan for us being here today together. So we give this time to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. And so today we're sharing a message that's part of a group of uh, of messages I like to call Bible Nuggets. Not really a series because there's not... um, much of a common theme or thread other than the fact that they're great little nuggets of scripture that are just very important and very memorable. Um, We'll be sharing these nuggets from time to time. Um, Today our nugget is found right there in the beginning, uh, Genesis first chapter, the whole first chapter. Some of you may be familiar with it, maybe you've read it, maybe you've heard it before. Here's the first two verses of the traditional translation of that scripture. This is from the New International Version, Genesis 1, 1 through 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. For those of us who are familiar with this scripture, And for those of us who may not be familiar with this scripture, today we're going to look at it with a little bit of a different twist. We're going to look at it with a new voice, the voice of Eugene Peterson, who paraphrased some scripture. So we're going to read the entire first chapter of Genesis 1, and we invite you to just try to let it, you know, pay attention to the imagery that... uh, his words share with us. First, this. God created the heavens and earth. All you see, all you don't. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. God spoke, light, and light appeared. God saw that light was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day, he named the dark night. It was evening, it was morning, day one. God spoke, sky in the middle of the waters, separate water from water, and God made sky. He separated the water under the sky from the water above sky, and there it was. He named sky the heavens. It was evening, it was morning, day two. God spoke, separate, water beneath heaven, gather into one place, land, appear. And there it was. God named the land, earth. He named the pooled water, ocean. God saw that it was good. God spoke, earth, green up, grow all varieties of seed-bearing plants, every sort of fruit-bearing tree. 
and there it was. Earth produced green seed-bearing plants, all varieties, and fruit-bearing trees of all sorts. Say the rest with me. God saw that it was good. It was evening, it was morning, day three. God spoke, lights, come out, shine in heaven's sky, separate day from night, mark seasons and days and years, lights in heaven's sky to give light to earth. And there it was. God made two big lights, the larger to take charge of day, the smaller to be in charge of night. And he made the stars. God placed them in the heavenly sky to light up earth and oversee day and night to separate light and dark. Say the rest with me. God, God saw, saw that, that it, it was good, good. It, it was, was evening, evening, it was, it was morning, morning, day, day four. four. God spoke, swarm ocean with fish and all sea life. Birds fly through the sky over earth. God created the huge whales, all the swarm of life in the waters, and every kind and species of flying birds. God saw that it was good. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce. Fill ocean, birds reproduce on earth. Say the rest with me. It was evening, it was morning, day five. God spoke, earth, generate life. Every sort and kind, cattle and reptiles and wild animals, all kinds. And there it was, wild animals of every kind, cattle of all kinds, every sort of reptile and bug. God saw that it was good. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God bless them. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth. Take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of earth. Then God said, I've given you every sort of seed-bearing plant on earth and every kind of fruit-bearing tree, given them to you for food, to all animals and all birds, everything that moves and breathes. I give whatever grows out of the ground for food, and there it was. Say the rest with me. God God looked looked over over everything everything he had made. made. It It was was so good, so so very good. It was evening, it was morning, day six. Isn't that incredible imagery? Just the majesticness, the creativity of God. And it's also absolutely incredible how something so compelling, so awe-inspiring could be at the center of such controversy. Why is it that there is so much debate over this first chapter of Genesis? And the question is, what is the truth? Well, the debate, I think, stems from Uh, not really knowing what it is and what it isn't. So let's take a look at that. Many people try to compare this to some sort of a, uh, act as though it's some sort of a scientific treatise. Um, And and when we do that, we come up very short. Of course we do. 
because its purpose is not to be a scientific treatise. The purpose here is not to try to explain to the nth degree how God brought this world and everything in it and around it into existence. The purpose of Genesis 1 is not to help us understand all the chemical compilations that brought life into the world. An overriding reason for this is really simple. <laughs> Even if God wanted to share it, our pea-sized brains couldn't handle it. The full explanation, all the minute details of how this came to be. I mean, come on now. There's no way, I don't care how smart you are, we can fully comprehend the mind of God that brought all of this into existence. Support for this comes from the fact that we did a little research, and there have been, over the years, experiment after experiment, trying to combine chemicals. You know the idea that there were these chemicals way back, especially they were a little different makeup in the atmosphere when, uh, supposedly, when Earth first began, and trying to combine those chemicals to bring life into existence somehow, and experiment after experiment after experiment, and you know what those experiments have resulted in? Nothing. There has never been, no matter how often it's been attempted, the ability to, out of various <laughs> chemicals, bring forth a single living cell. In addition, um, many like the idea that once life began from a single cell, that all, everything evolved from that. Many people seem to like this scientific explanation more than the unscientific truth of the Bible. The trouble is, science has never been able to produce conclusive evidence of a common source of which everything else comes from. They've never been able, scientist after scientist after scientist has never been able to prove that. So contrary to much of the um, modern conviction of evolutionary science, it's really not as conclusive as the scientists want us to believe. Genesis 1 is not intended to be scientific. Nor is it intended to be historical. Now, there are several books, especially in the Old Testament, that are historical in nature. That, that's their nature. They're history books. But this isn't one of them. Example, you know the great debate whether... Uh, you know, day one, day two, if that was an actual 24-hour day, or could it have been a 24-million-year day, so to speak, or all variations around that, you know? How long was it and all that? If we focus on that, I think we really miss a really big part of what Genesis 1 is all about, really. It's not intended to give us scientific times and dates, nor is it intended to allow us possibly to do a reenactment historically, like, you know, sometimes we do these Civil War reenactments. That's not the purpose of Genesis 1. Even though Genesis 1 does share with us what happened in the past, its true purpose isn't historical. The purpose of Genesis 1 is theological. Theological. Theo, meaning God, logical, to consider, to study, to understand. Genesis 1 is intended to help us better understand the nature of God, better understand our relationship with God and God's relationship with us. 
The purpose of Genesis 1 is to help us get a better understanding of the one whom we can never fully understand. To capture a glimpse of the one who we can never fully realize to give us some insight into the one who created all of us and the creator is here and everything else is here. Mm, yeah. When we read the traditional version of this first begin part of Genesis 1 where we read, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We realize a couple things. First, that God is before the beginning. <laughs> because if in the beginning God created, then God had to be there before the beginning. Okay. In other words, always was, always is, always will be. And see, that defies science. Of course, what's interesting is I watch these things where people try to explain it without God, and they always have to start with something. See, that something that we start with is God. Okay. It's also contrary to history because, see, history starts, but this is before history starts. See, God's there pre-historical. It doesn't fit science, doesn't fit history, really, but it fits perfectly with theology, this whole thing. And that's because that is who God is. In fact, God is, is. God is, is. If you go back to the Old Testament, the Old Testament name for God was Yahweh. And Yahweh, why, they used to, the Hebrews don't even pronounce it, it's such a sacred word, Y-H-W-H, -H, Yahweh. And that literally means God is, or God bees. <laughs> God will be who God will be. God is. You notice that if you go back to your uh, whatever grade his, uh, English class, is isn't a noun, is it? It's a, it's a state of being verb, and God is, is. So if you're kind of a logical thinker right now, your brain, you know, you might have a headache. And um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What we're, what we're sharing, if you're trying to be logical, it's not going to work for you. Because what this is all about is taking the truth and, I mean, it sounds simple, but in faith we believe. That's what it is. We believe. Theologically, Genesis 1 tells us that God is the creator. And so to put it simply, God, the creator, created all of creation, every single part of it. Uh, from the beginning it existed until it, you know, is or was, will be created. God did not only create, but God created systematically. God took chaos and put order to the chaos, uh, brought everything into being in order. It didn't just happen. It wasn't by circumstance. It wasn't by happenstance. It wasn't the result of some big bang, as Alan said, unless God 
spoke the big bang into being. I, you have to start with something, and God always was, is, and will be. And that is the point. And here's the thing, as, as Gary just said, God spoke everything to, into existence. Isn't that just awesome? And I love, I love that's why I love Peterson's um, uh, paraphrase of this, where he says, God said, light! <laughs> With just the word, boom! <laughs> light appeared. And every step along the way, God speaks and creation happens. God speaks, creation happens. And what that does is just, here, the whole purpose is to give us just a little insight into God's nature. It gives us just a little hint of this incredible power that God has. God speaks, and the creation responds. That's Even some, the rocks cry out. That's some serious power. That's, I mean, it's, it's unimaginable. It's beyond our logical brains, but it, that's what it is. And... Um, uh, when God speaks, there's variety as well. I mean, in, in the Genesis, it just says plants and, and all the kinds and varieties and the animals. But that uh, film, by the way, very great job. Do you see? It's just those birds, just just a little glimpse of the variety of birds, and that's nothing compared to what we get to see out there in in our environment here. If we if we were world travelers, we'd have a huge pit. We'd have all kinds of variety, and we still haven't discovered them all. A few months ago, I read in the paper where some new species of animal or something was discovered someplace. We're still uncovered. There's so much variety out there. And God, in Genesis, speaks it with a word or two. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's interesting that God created one day at a time. You see, during creation, when God created this idea of day and of night, <laughs> it wasn't for God's sake, because God is timeless. Like, God didn't need that. But God was thinking of us from day one. Can you imagine that? God was thinking of us as God created. Now, that, for me, is absolutely mind-blowing. God was thinking of us not only when he put day and night in place, but just the rest of creation, sun, moon, stars, plants, animals, all were set in place for God's pleasure, but God also allowed us to share in that pleasure. Wow. You know, uh, it, it seems that God wanted to share all this with somebody, and guess what? He picked you and me. Isn't that amazing? Wow. How could we be so blessed? And, and I think maybe this is at least a little bit of what is meant when we when we see that God created humankind in God's image. You know, that, you know, there's been debate a lot over the years. What does that, that really mean? Um, created in God's image, reflecting God's nature. For, for now, let's say that God has created us to be different from the rest of creation. Like, here's the rest of creation, and God created us different. God created us with a soul. God created us with the ability to wonder about who God is. God created us with, um, with um, being able to, uh, capable of understanding and question and try to further realize who God is. God created us with a need for God in our lives, a God-shaped hole in our soul that we forever tried to fill. He created us with a divine spark, if you will. Um, 
uh, 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 capable uh, at times of being even a reflection of God. Isn't that amazing? And maybe you've seen that in somebody. Uh, maybe not permanent. Some people, may, maybe it's long last and some it's glimpses, but that divine spark, you get to see glimpses of God in those around us. Isn't, isn't that amazing? I think that's what that uh, made in God's image, at least a part of it, has to do with us. Um, it reminds us of that, at least, when we see that. And so this story in Genesis 1 helps us realize that God is the creator of all creation, and therefore God is great. God is great. God is great and powerful. Not the great and powerful Oz, but God. God. And God and God alone is capable of creating and sustaining life. God is great. But here's the thing. If God was only great, that might not be such a great thing for us. That, that could be dangerous. You know, the ancients believed in great gods. And many of those great gods were evil, were villainous, were vengeful. They brought sorrow and pain upon the people. At least that's what the people believed about their great gods. So you think about this God, our God of creation, our God is great, but our God is also good. Our God is good. You might say, well, how do we know that? Maybe we see glimpses around, hopefully. Uh, when we read scripture, we would know that God is good, especially here, right here in the beginning in Genesis. Each day of creation, when God finished, God looked at what God had made. And what did God say? God said, it is good. It is good. Well, you're, un you're not capable of creating good if you're not good. So if it is good, then the creator must be good. God is great and God is there's an interesting twist at the end of the first chapter of Genesis, just after God created humankind, just after God has given us the responsibility of taking care of God's creation, uh, God calls us to be good stewards of this, and I'm going to hit the pause button for a minute. How you doing on that, being a good steward of God's creation? I know we have some work to do with that in our own household. Just something to think about. Anyway, just after God has created humankind in their image, remember in Genesis it said, let us make humankind in our image. The image of, you know, they're talking about father, son, and spirit. Scripture tells us this. God looked over everything he had made. It was so good. So very good. Mm. And so God creates, and, and on that sixth day, he creates uh, the, the crown and glory of creation. <laughs> Us guys. <laughs> Humankind is, is like his, the ultimate in his creation. And because and, it's just after that that God looks, 
and he changes from what he's been saying, it's good, and he says, he looks over everything, including us, and it is very good, very good. You and I are very good. Wow. Some days we kind of miss the boat on that, don't we? <laughs> so, some days we're, we're not feeling very good, and some days we're not acting very good, are we? Some days we don't act very good at all. And, and, and that's true for each and every one of us. You know, I'm talking to everybody, including Carrie and May. <laughs> we all miss the boat. Some days we're very far from being this image of God, aren't we? Some days. Very far from the Creator. Some days we're very far from the very good persons that God created in the beginning. Very far from the, being the ones that God had in mind when God first created us. Some days we are not very good. But the fact is, in fact, that doesn't change the fact that when God created us, God created us to be, say it with me, very good. And God wants us to realize that we're created to be very good and to return to that state of being very good. But as Alan said, we're so far removed and we cannot return to that state of goodness on our own. We just aren't that good. We just can't do us do that. And God knew that. And God loved us so much that he sent his very best, his very best for you and me, his one and only son, Jesus, who came, walked among the earth, lived, died, and rose again for us, shed his blood for us, so that in our state of, of sinfulness, that that blood covers us, and we can be restored into goodness. We are all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But God doesn't want us to just like lay in that muck and mess and have a hopeless life because God came to bring hope and to bring light and to bring life into our lives. And he did that through his son, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus had a perfect life. What kind of life did Jesus have? Yeah, perfect. And so we can go to Christ and say, okay, Jesus, come into my life. Thank you. Thank you. And reclaim uh, the goodness to say, I'm really messed up. I'm having trouble doing it on our own. I can't do this. Life is hard, isn't it? I mean, our heart breaks we hear of some horrible things. We experience horrible things. The workplace is hard. School is hard. Relationships are hard. But I can't imagine going through any of that without Jesus. Because with Jesus, we know that we aren't left in a hopeless state. And we can say, okay, I know you're with me no matter how dark this is because the dark, he conquered darkness. 
He conquered darkness, so it's never pitch black again. There's always hope. And so the whole point of this today is that God is great, God is good, and God wants us to live in God's image and in that goodness. And in order to do that, we have to accept him as our Lord and Savior. Some of us here have done that. Some of us might be thinking about doing that. Some of us are saying, nope, don't want to. And others are everywhere in between. That's okay. This is a safe place to explore and to ask questions. We are so glad that each and every one of you are here and wherever you're on your walk, that's awesome. But the truth is, is that God designed and desired and gave each one of us life. It's not a random thing that you were God-breathed and that there is a purpose and plan for our lives, and it's God's purpose and plan in our lives. When we walk into that, we're able to experience the fullness of God, the goodness of God, and reflect the image of God to those who we meet. There's a scripture. Um, Randy, if you'll put up Genesis 131, please. Would you read that with me? God looked over everything he had made, it was so good, so very good. That's God's plan for our lives, that you are good, you're so very good, and God only wants us to be in relationship with him and to live a life worshiping and loving God and loving others. As we close today, uh, we'll be singing a song that's uh, your great name, and we'll have an opportunity to talk to God, whatever that looks like for you, in your heart. It could be out loud. Steps are open for prayer. You can pray, talk to God from your seats. There are also some people in the, that corner who would like to talk to you or pray with you if you want to explore what it means to accept Jesus in your heart. If you want to take that step, they'll talk you through that. We're so glad that you're here this evening, today that we can be a community of faith and grow together. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for your word found in Scripture, for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to live and die and rise again, that death was not final, but that there is life here on earth and in heaven. Thank you for your Scripture, Genesis 1 the creation that you've given us, put us in the middle of. Help us be better stewards, God. Convict us of those places where we aren't taking care of your earth and everything that you've given us. Thank you for waking us up this morning, for bringing us here, and for allowing us to worship together. We pray all this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.